You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning and welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. I am your host this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. It's been a beautiful morning. The sun is out. The weather is slippery, slushy, whatever you want to call it, but we're grateful for the warmer weather. We're going to be moving right along to Jenny Palmer. Jenny is on with us from the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House this morning. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Heather. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, great to have you. So tell us a little bit about who you are, Jenny. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the development manager here at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. I grew up um, in Pierce, South Dakota, and I've just kind of always had a calling to be responsible for other people, kind of growing up in the church. And then I recently moved to Sioux Falls about four or five months ago, and I started working at the Bishop Dudley House. So kind of uh, it's been a year of change, but it's been wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. Well, why don't you tell the listeners, we um, I didn't tell you this before, Jenny, but we broadcast over all of North and South Dakota, into Minnesota and Wisconsin and parts of Wyoming. So <laughs> we have a big listening area. And I just, uh, can you tell the listeners a little bit about what the Bishop Dudley House is? Absolutely. So the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House is a homeless shelter located in downtown Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, we have both a day and a nighttime shelter. It originally started as the Good Shepherd Center in downtown, just as a day center. But around 2014-2015, um, Bishop Swain and the Catholic Diocese kind of saw a need for more overnight housing and emergency shelter. Um, so they fundraised and they built the shelter, and it was opened in 2015. Um, so we have 80 bunks for men, 20 bunks for women, and seven family rooms. Um, our mission is to, you know, kind of recognize the gospel call to love our neighbors as ourselves um, and give the God-given dignity to each person and kind of provide life essentials. Um, So we really focus on safety, wellness, and dignity. So we offer access to laundry, showers, and a lot of other necessities a lot of us take for granted. Um, And we also really try to bring services in that help our guests move from homelessness to self-sufficiency. So bring all sorts of services in to kind of help them do them. And just this year, we've helped over 1,700 unique individuals, um, men, women, family, who found themselves in need of refuge and found it under our roof. Beautiful. Well, and I love the Bishop Dudley House um, because I know when it was opening, they were looking at a different model of how to help the homeless. And that's what makes the Bishop Dudley House really special. Can you talk a little bit about... um, the Bishop Dudley's uh, approach to homelessness that differs from those that we might see in some larger cities or other cities around us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So we are one of the only shelters in downtown that is a night-by-night basis. Um, So other shelters um, have 30-day programs, you know, up to six months and onward. Um, We are the only night-by-night shelter, so um, every night it's kind of whoever we're able to bring in and check in, and we just kind of take it day by day for a lot of these people. Um, So we kind of start fresh every single day and night. Um, And we are also one of the only shelters 
um, downtown that takes people, even if they're inebriated, you know, we kind of recognize these people are going through struggles of their own, trying to meet them where they're at, um, and just realize they may need a place to stay and a place to start to get back on their feet. Yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And I think, um, when they, when somebody comes into the Bishop Dudley house, the nice thing is that you're trying to, to serve the whole person, not just the need for tonight, but the whole person as a, and all of their needs and try and help them get out of homelessness. What are some of the programs that you guys have to help with that? Yeah, so we bring a number of agencies, and we kind of are centrally located, which is nice, but we kind of have them try to come mm-hmm. into our shelter just because of our, a lot of our guests can't get to the other offices. So we have a couple medical clinics that come in every week. We have barbers that come in a couple times a month. Um, we have behavioral health services. We offer mentoring um, and spiritual guidance, and we also have a couple of case managers that kind of work with each individual and kind of see where they're at and what they need. So, yeah, kind of recognizing the person as a whole and kind of trying to fulfill each of their needs. Right. Well, this winter, it's already been super cold, which is very unusual um, for us to be that cold this soon. Um, What are some of the challenges that you're facing during the winter? Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. People just need more to survive in the winter and get by. Um, and this is one of the first years that we've had our the fire department come in and tell us our capacity limit is 155. So even though I mentioned that we have 100 bunks, we still have way more than that. I mean, every night for the past couple months, except for a few, we've met that capacity. So we kind of have to put them where they are. Um, we have masks and we put them in the day room on the floor and try to give them a place to stay, but we did know this was coming, so we have been working, you know, with the city and the county to kind of get them places to stay, and we've worked with some other shelters, like Union Gospel Mission has taken some overflow gas on night we can't, um, but we have just been trying to give them a place to stay, um, and we've also just been going through more supplies. I mean, they often have to go out in the cold, um, whether that means leaving for a meal over at the banquet or making it to work. So we need coats, mittens, gloves, and hats for our guests. Um, So just trying to keep them well and warm. And we're fortunate enough to live in a really generous community that has been able to provide us with that winter's year. Beautiful. Well, and thinking about... um so that was one of the questions I had is, that, do you ever have to turn somebody away? And I've thought a lot about that when it's been really cold. Like, what do you do if somebody comes and you're full? Like, do people get turned away? So because we kind of knew this capacity limit was coming, we have kind of been working with the city and the counties and the county, um, Lincoln and Minnehaha, to try to find somewhere for these to stay. Um, So we have been working with the older homeless shelters, too, and kind of worked out a plan where if we can't house them, they will take them for a night um, because, like I said, they're kind of longer stay programs. But we've been working with them on what we call Mercy Nights um, and working with the county to place that guest number 56. Um, And our staff is kind of aware of the resources and where to send them. Um, So, you know, we kind of keep them until we can find somewhere for them to go for the night. Mm, That's really good. That's really good. So tell us a little bit about how um, you ended up at the Bishop Dudley House. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have been living in Pierre for the past few months. Um, I went to school in Denver, so I was kind of missing a little bit more of the city. Um, and I wanted to work in nonprofits. When I was in Pierre, I worked with um, women coming out of the South Dakota Women's Prison there in Pierre, kind of providing them with mentoring and the resources that they needed to get back on their feet. Um, so I kind of wanted to transition um, into more of a nonprofit role. So I looked on the website, and they had development and marketing, and that's kind of what I like to do is share stories and get our message out there. So I applied and um, have been living here for about five months now, and it's definitely been a learning curve. It's kind of something new every day with this many people under one roof, but it's been really wonderful and definitely uh, learning a lot. Beautiful. Well, we're excited to have you. And for those that are just tuning in, we're talking with Jenny Palmer. She works at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House in Development and Marketing as the manager there. Um, and the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House is a homeless shelter here in Sioux Falls. Um, can you talk a little bit about how when the Bishop Dudley House was created, they didn't want to... Um, double up on services. Can you talk about how the community works together for the homeless? Yeah, absolutely. So we have case managers that know a lot about different resources kind of in town. So we kind of tried to bring them into our facility here and meet with our guests here um, so that they can get the case management, um, have people help them through the system. Um, provide them with that mentoring, Um, and we're also very centrally located. Um, The Empower Campus is just down the road where they can go and um, get counseling. Call to Freedom is there. The Center of Hope is there. A thrift store um, and a couple of clinics are there. And we're also right across the street from the banquet. So our guests actually leave for breakfast and dinner every single day. They go across to the banquet, and then we do lunch here at the shelter every single day. So just kind of trying to recognize the resources that are already here and also kind of trying to bring them in and make sure our guests can actually access them and know where they are and how to utilize them. But, yeah, yeah. everything from Southeastern Behavioral Health um, to the Coyote Clinic to um, Church on the Street comes in and they kind of meet with our guests here and try to fill, like you said, all that whole person needs, the mental, spiritual, emotional, physical. Well, that's one thing I love about the Dudley House is that it it just, um, because I think a lot of times you're like, well, is everybody doing the same service? You know, is everybody providing the same thing? Are we really serving anyone? And that's what I love about the Sioux Falls community is that they do all work together because, um, like you said, there are some long-term facilities in town. There are short-term facilities. There's some that just do meals. Um, And so I love how the community of Sioux Falls just works together to be sure that all the needs are met for for people and that we're not doubling up on a lot of things that um, that we're doing. And so that's really exciting for Sioux Falls. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we try to do as much collaboration as we can. Um, we recently collaborated for Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week, and each um, facility kind of took a day and put on a program, and then we just kind of try to work with them and get people where they mm-hmm. need to be to be able to get them what they need. Absolutely. Well, folks, we're talking with Jenny Palmer. We're going to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, more with the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House. 
We're going to talk about how you can help out your own homeless shelter wherever you live. And then I also wanted to hear some uh, stories from her about some of the people that she gets to meet in her work and at the homeless shelter. And then um, some of the fundraisers that go on at the Bishop Dudley House, one of them is really interesting and it involves sleeping outside. So we're going to take a quick break when we come back more with Jenny Palmer. I'm Heather Carroll. More Real Presence Live right after this. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. The best year-end giving plans make a difference in the lives of others and can improve your own financial and or tax situation. Perhaps an immediate gift or a gift from your IRA or a gift of appreciated stock may be in order as we approach the end of the year. Nonetheless, at the end of the day, we are all called to be good stewards of our blessings. This is Mike Kitrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. Together, let's make a difference. Please call me at 701-290-4503. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. I am your host this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining me. I'm chatting with Jenny Palmer. She works at the Bishop Dudley Hospitality House, which is a homeless shelter here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And we've just been chatting about some of the needs for the homeless in the area. And we've been talking about how the community works as one to help those that are homeless. Um, I also wanted to talk about some of the fun fundraisers that the Bishop, excuse me, Bishop Dudley House does throughout the year. And one of them that grabs the most of my attention is the sleep out. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? Yeah, absolutely. So every October, um, we do what we call the Sleep Out, the Night of Hope. So we gather around a dozen community leaders, and we actually set up a tent in the front of our homeless shelter. 
um, and give them masks and boxes. And they actually kind of come in, they get to have dinner, they hear from some of our guests here and kind of get to read some of the stories from our past guests about their experiences. And then they actually spend the night out in our parking lot, sleeping in that tent um, and kind of get an insight into what it's like kind of downtown in this area, kind of what it's like overnight at the homeless shelter, see how much activity is actually going on. And it's kind of a uncomfortable experience for a lot of them, but it's very eye-opening for them to kind of get to see where these people come from and kind of how they are living. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, so when the sleep-out happens, a lot of, uh, like you said, local leaders uh, participate in that, and so then you'll see a lot of Facebook posts and whatnot, media posts about what's going on and people participating in it, and I always think about so they're participating and they're sleeping, volunteering to sleep outside, but it's a very controlled environment. So they have a tent and then they have boxes and they have, they can bring all of their stuff and they have, you know, all these things. And then they probably, you probably have people watching to make sure that they're not messed with and yeah. all these different things. And so I think, yes, they're getting the experience, but are, they're not getting the full experience either. You know what I mean? Because... I can't fathom where I would go if you said, okay, Heather, do you need to go out and just sleep on the street tonight? Where would you go? Yeah. What would you do? Yeah, that's why, you know? you know, one of our participants said, he said as he was driving here, he was kind of looking under bridges and looking at spots, and he was like, where would I go if I was homeless? And I had to spend the night outside because I didn't have a home or a bed to go to, so... I think that kind of runs through a lot of their mind, and you're absolutely right. It doesn't encompass the whole homeless experience because, mm-hmm. you know, it's more than just finding a place to stay. It's, you know, worrying about your meals, constantly trying to worry about how it is that you are going to find that next home um, and kind of budgeting all that out and at the same time kind of dealing with the pressures of living here among other people um, mm. and kind of trying to work that all out. So it's definitely, it's just kind of a simulation, just kind of gives them a little glimpse into what it's like yeah. to be down here. But you're absolutely right. It's it's far from the full experience. Yeah. Well, and nothing against the experience because I think it's a fabulous experience and fabulous fundraiser. So I don't want the listening audience to think that I was not appreciative of it. But it's just, Oh, no, um, not at all. You know, like, it's just, like, intense. When you think about it, you're like, oh, my goodness, you know, how intense yeah. it must be to be homeless. And, you know, for those of us who have the luxury of being in a home, and I praise God every time I walk into my home that I have it, um, that, you know, we have all these solutions in our minds. Well, why don't they just fill in the blank? You know what I mean? So talk yeah. about some of the struggles that they face that keep them homeless. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think one of our um, employees here said that a lot of the time that we see, like, the um, effects of homelessness as the cause. So, you know, a mm. lot of the time we see people who have mental illness or who have addictions, and a lot of the time that isn't what led them to being homeless. It was being homeless and the stress of that that kind of led to those things happening. So, yeah, you know, you hear a lot, you know, why don't you go out and get a job or go out and go on 
apartments.com and look up something, but it's, you know, a lot of our guests come in and they don't even have an ID or anything like that, mm. so, and it's kind of a complicated process to go through, get that ID, and at the same time, a lot of them are dealing with their own mental and personal struggles, um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them, it was a significant life change, whether it was the passing of a family member or a medical issue that kind of caused them to spiral into homelessness. So they're kind of still dealing with the repercussions of that. Um, And at the same time, still having to worry about just surviving day to day. And when you're surviving day to day, it's kind of hard to focus on planning for that future. So, but there is a lot of barriers for them face that they kind of have to come over and it's not as easy as we'd all like it to be, I think. Yeah, yeah. For any of us who have moved, we know there's deposits and, you know, all of this back history and job history, and it's just very complicated, and and it can become very overwhelming. And so uh, we're grateful that the Bishop Dudley House is there to help. Can you share any, I know you've only been there about five months or whatever, but can you share any success stories or stories that have impacted you thus far? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of how I was talking about how sometimes it's just the life event that will land them here. Um, we had a lady come in about four months ago. Um, her name was Sally, and her husband had passed away in their apartment, um, and they had been together a really long time, and she just couldn't even, you know, bear to go back in there. But she was mm-hmm. an older lady in her 60s, but she was super independent. She did everything on her own. She was able to obtain a birth cer- uh, death certificate. She kind of navigated the Social Security system to get that to her. Um, she got some funding for an apartment kind of all on her own, and she found a place. Um, so we got to actually go down and move her in and also kind of stick with her and get some of those other necessities that she needs for her place, like furniture and meals, meals on meals and things like that. Um, so she's just really sweet and just kind of, you know, the life event that happened that landed her here, but she kind of picked herself back up and got her own place, and now she seems to be doing pretty well. So Wonderful. Well, and I think, too, that it... Um it's home a little bit close because I think uh, they did a statistic about um, how close people are to homelessness. How close are you really to homelessness? And I think yeah. we're all a lot closer than we think. Um, just like, okay, so what if you didn't get a paycheck, one or two paychecks? How would you be doing? And <laughs> for those of us that work nonprofit, <laughs> it'd be difficult, you know. And it's uh, it's an interesting thing to really stop and think about. Okay, what if? And then you fill in the yeah, way. yeah. No, absolutely. Could... I think a lot of people don't realize that, and until you kind of get to hear the stories from those people about mm-hmm. how they ended up here, you don't really realize that most of us are a few paychecks or you know a big medical emergency from maybe finding ourselves mm. in them, their shoes. Yeah. So how can we help homeless shelters in our own communities? What are some things we can do? Yeah, you know, it comes down to time, talent, and treasure. Um, you know, kind of like I mentioned, hearing those stories and getting to know them. So we're always looking for volunteers to come in and help, um, sponsor, serve lunch, keep our donations sorted, or, you know, even just take a shift sitting at our front desk and helping with check-in and kind of getting to know our guests. Um, and um, it's really our donors that keep our mission alive. 
we have a budget of about $2 million, um, and over 90% of that comes from donations. So people deciding to make a donation, no matter the size, it kind of ensures what we can that we can keep providing that safety and dignity to those who haven't found it elsewhere. Um, and just kind of on top of that, all those things that you have in your home that you maybe take for granted. Um, we're always kind of looking for people and very lucky even those past few months it's been great to see how giving um, the Sioux Falls community is, but kind of those things such as hygiene items, winter gloves, hats, coats, shoes, kind of all those things that we need and have in our own house. Um, and, you know, even just kind of saying a prayer for some of these people, um, it definitely helps and goes a long way and lets them know that there's people out there thinking of them and praying for them. Yeah, absolutely. So to volunteer, um, is that a difficult thing to do? To sit, like you said, to sit, sit at the front desk. Is that, what is that like? Could a teenager do it or do you need to be an adult? Or can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to, be, to sit at that front desk or work check-in, um, you do have to be above 18 um, just because it's kind of a lot going on, people asking for different stuff, and it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, but to come in and, you know, sort our donations or sponsor or serve a lunch, um, yeah, as long as you have a parent with you, then, yep, we have a couple of a grandma and our two grandkids in the kitchen right now because they're off school, so they got to come serve lunch today. So I always welcome them in and, yeah, absolutely, kind of to see what it's like and help out a little. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great experience. So uh, if people want to find out more information about the Bishop Dudley House, where they where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find us online um, bdhh.org tells a little bit more about our mission and all the things we do. Um, and if you want to make a donation, you can go on there. Um, and you can also find information for our volunteer coordinator on there if you did want to come in or feel free to give us a call. If anybody wants to come in for a tour, you can reach us at 809-605-809-8424. Um, so you can come in anytime, give us a call. We'd love to kind of talk with you and get some people in here to learn a little more. Wonderful. Well, Jenny, thank you for the work you do for the Bishop Dudley House. We appreciate it. Well, yeah, thank you so much, Heather, for having me on and kind of getting to share a little bit of our story, what we do here, and some of the stories of the people that we are so uh, lucky to come across. All right. Well, we got to take a quick break. Uh, more Real Presence Live. We're going to have Glenn Gower on next. So, folks, stay with us. We'll be right back. 